Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kinda whatever. Mainly we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. You're tearing me apart, Holden! (laughs) (laughs) We've got a great episode for you this week featuring our reviews of The Room, a listener request, and the new Netflix film, uh, The Five Bloods. So, by Spike Lee. By Spike Lee. So yeah, the one and only. Yeah, Jimmy yelled that at me because we spent like there was a good minute or so before we actually started talking that he's gonna have to cut out because I was just like <laughs> fiddling around on my computer. So you're welcome, Jimmy. Yep, I'm still editing. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not necessarily Holden's fault because I've been too lazy to teach him how to edit. So. Yeah. So, I mean, partially it's me just being incompetent, but also it's it's Jimmy for not taking Holden, the initiative. The listener, by now, the listeners will be able to tell that we are both incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> In different ways. All right. On with the show. That one movie podcast. Tomp. But first, Jimmy, we need to do the Toms. Yeah, let's do them. Toms Toms is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw is the highest, Bombadil is the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Let's get to it, Holden. But we do have a little uh, disclaimer to get out of the way here to begin with. Holden, what is it? What? What? You can say oh, it. I'm glad. <laughs> so we're we're gonna talk about the PS5 event. Um, oh yeah, that's that's gonna be a lot to unpack. <laughs> Holden and I talked about this in depth. How we were gonna put that at the end. So if you don't care about that, you can just skip over it. Um, but or if we'll that's have all, all the you movie care about for some reason. You can just skip to it. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah. If you just found our podcast and you only care about gaming news, then you can skip to that and our commentary on gaming news. <laughs> uh, but if only you only care about the movies industry, uh, you can skip over that. It will be in the time. The time codes will be in the description as always. All right, Holden, what is the movie news for this week? All right, so this week, we'd kind of gone a little bit without any major delays, but we actually got several major delays uh, this week in films. Uh, One of the first ones is The Matrix 4 was delayed even further to April 1st, 2022. I thought it was already delayed to 2022, but apparently it wasn't because that was news this week. So, yeah. Maybe maybe that's just a very cruel April Fool's joke. Maybe it is. I don't think it's actually happening. <laughs> You're gonna get we're gonna get pics on Instagram of Keanu Reeves on set, but really it's just him on a green screen or something. Fortunately, Keanu Reeves doesn't age, so that is true. That doesn't is true. Matter. Um, so yeah, uh, that's a full year. Well, not quite a full year after where it was previously coming out. Um, it gives me also, another year to watch two and three. Yep, it gives me another year to watch all three. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, the next one is Wonder Woman 1984 was delayed from August. Uh, it was delayed again, uh, from August to October 2nd. So it's still coming out this year, but just a couple months later. What do you think of that, Jimmy? Interesting move. I mean, 
I suppose people might warm up to the idea of going to the theater more by October, but um, yeah, it, maybe it will also. Disney thinks it'll be, be in that, or not Disney? It's not sorry. Disney. Warner Bros. <laughs> Warner, I'm not Disney yet. <laughs> Hold on. Um, I'm sure Warner Bros. is kind of seeing that as this kind of hypothetical sweet spot before a, a potential second wave. Oh, surely. Years, I I suppose. Um, the next one is Godzilla versus Kong, Jimmy. I could hear your cries from miles away on this one. It was delayed from November to May of 2021. Yeah, I, I can't wait for that movie to be three hours and 15 minutes long. I know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's going to have like 20 minutes of the actual monsters in it. The rest <laughs> is all going to be like politics. Fantastic. Can't wait. Politics. Um... Yeah, uh, and then Tenet, this was a big one, Jimmy, finally happened. Tenet was delayed a whole, like, week and a half. (laughs) Two weeks, yeah. Two weeks Um, to July 31st. See, I think this is actually a good thing um, Mm -hmm. because they did delay it, which felt inevitable, but they seemed determined to have it be the movie that brings back cinema. And they're also, they're not going to, I feel like they're more likely to cut into Mulan than the situation where they were, where it looked like Mulan would be really cutting into uh, Tenet. Yeah. That makes sense. And also, as part of this, they are bringing back Inception as a 10th anniversary special to the big screen, which I never saw in the theaters when it came out. So, and that's what, that's in my top 10 favorite films of all time, Holden. So that gives me an opportunity potentially to see that film on the big screen if the theater really cool yeah if the theaters around me actually open up by that time maybe i'll go too uh i've been seeing that sioux falls theaters are opening up and wish i could go sad so i'm actually gonna give that delay a brokaw holden believe it or not yeah yeah uh yeah okay i'll give it a brokaw too Okay, and the well, other delay, well, the other delays are Bergeron because no delay will hurt me more than the delay of Saw. That, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Hey, um, at least holding, at least uh, the Tenet delay. Um, now that that is my most anticipated movie of this year, uh, it's it's staying within this year, and I already know what my most anticipated movie of next year is. Yeah, so <laughs> the hype train. You don't even need to just, like see any trailers or anything. Nah. You got the perfect trailer already. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, then the other one that this was more interesting because I didn't know it was coming out, but it's a new Peter Jackson documentary. You may remember that he made the They Shall Not Grow Old yep. uh, last year, I think it was. Um, but he's right, making right when we started the podcast, like the week before our first episode. OK, um, but he's making a documentary about the Beatles. It's called The Beatles Get Back. Um, and it's apparently using old footage and kind of updating it with modern touches similar to how he uh, approached They Shall Not Grow Old. Obviously, there was color footage, so he's not going to just make it color or whatever. Um, but he'll do whatever he does to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he it's going to be covering like the making of the Let It Be album, which is one of their last albums. I believe this was their last one to be recorded. Um, it's going to be using footage originally taken for the 1970 documentary of the same name, Let It Be, um, which was a very famous documentary at this point. But I think he's, from what I understand by reading about it, he's trying to take a more uh, sympathetic and like 
uh, approach to it to see like how the Beatles weren't just completely in turmoil at the end of their time. Like, you know, they were still, they still had some good times. They weren't just hating each other, writing music. So I think that sounds interesting. Apparently they're going to have the entirety of the rooftop, the famous rooftop concert in it as well. So I don't know. Sounds like an interesting documentary. What do you think, Jimmy? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It, it'll be interesting because, you know, something as famous as the, the Beatles as a band, I feel like what more is there to say about them? Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, and I don't personally know a ton about the Beatles. Um. So, but I, I'm interested. How dare you? I think... <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say you hate the Beatles, Jimmy? Essentially, that's my <laughs> thing. No, I, I like the Beatles. Um, yeah, but I, I brought this up and I realized I didn't even say the delay. Apparently it was originally coming out in September, um, of this year. I think it was the original time. It was September or October. And then now it's coming out like a full year later, um, next in 2021. So yeah. What do you think of that as a whole, Jimmy? I think that is a Bergeron for me, but it makes me think, of not to just hijack the conversation back to spiral, but that's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do here. <laughs> just imagine being Chris Rock and literally having this finished movie that, I mean, obviously will have some sort of twist in it that you cannot <laughs> talk about for a full year. Now Peter like, Jackson can't talk about the twist of how the Beatles break up at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and poor... Daniel Craig has to talk about James Bond for another five months or whatever. Poor guy. I'm going to give it a Bombadil just because I think a Beatles Beatles documentary in that vein sounds interesting. And I never saw They Shall Not Grow Old, but apparently it was really good. So it was pretty good. If they if he does the same job with this. Cool, I guess. (laughs) And if he puts another documentary at the end of his documentary, I'm all for that. Like he did with They Shall Not Grow Old. Um, so moving on from delays though, uh, we got some new announcements of new films being released directly to streaming for one, my spy, that elusive movie that neither of us want to see, but it just never come out. I never <laughs> it, said I didn't want to see it. Okay. Well, maybe we can see this it now, is the Jimmy. pigeon one, right? No, this is the one with Dave Batista where he has the little <laughs> girl. <laughs> yeah. What's the, what's the Tom Holland, Will Smith one? It's spies in disguise, but that okay, already came yeah. out. Yeah. They're really interchangeable. Yeah. If you don't think about it. Anyway, <laughs> My Spy is uh, finally releasing on Amazon Prime on June 26th. So, you know, if we want to review that for the podcast, that's coming up. We certainly could. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then please uh, send in some more listener requests. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to hear our review of My Spy, please, more listener requests. <laughs> yeah, this was a threat. <laughs> Um, coming at you if we don't get any listener requests uh next up is the one and only ivan which i remember hearing about but i didn't really know what it was i I guess i just remember hearing the name but it's coming out on disney plus on august 21st Uh, it's a cgi live action hybrid movie so that's great um it's uh, supposedly about a gorilla who lives in a in a dog who hang out in a mall with like an owner i guess and then a baby elephant comes to the mall and then the gorilla starts questioning its existence within the mall because of the baby elephant for some reason. That's what I took from the synopsis. I don't understand it, but <laughs> sounds fantastic. I hope it's another Artemis fowl is what I'm saying. 
uh, maybe this is the Harambe biopic oh, that we've, we've been waiting for. for so long. Rest in peace, Harambe. The spiritual biopic. Still cry about it every day. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't care about this movie. Birds are on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the next one is not officially confirmed, but the producer of the movie was talking about it, so it might actually it might be happening. Um, David Fincher's new movie. Um, might be coming to Netflix in October of 2020. Um, it's called Mank, and it will focus on the writing of Citizen Kane and its turbulent production. Um, and it has a cast including Gary Oldman, Lily Collins, Charles Dance, and several oh. other uh, several other notable people. Um, but yeah, it. I didn't know David Fincher. Oh, I think I texted you about it a few weeks ago. Actually, I heard about it. Um, but I guess I didn't realize it was coming this soon. And if it comes to Netflix, that's great. Cause I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> and then you'll have to see citizen Kane, Holden. That's true. That's true. Yet another great actually, movie. Actually an actual seen. good movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, actually good. You should watch it. If you like movies, it's actually entertaining. <laughs> like it doesn't like you, some older movies can be a little slow, a little dry. I actually think Citizen Kane is a a, a solid uh, watch for like a wow. What a, a what like a, a more casual pick. cinema file. Wow. Cinephile. Quote Jimmy Uthi, Citizen Kane is a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> Hot take. I think it's I think it's really good. <laughs> um. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, David Fincher. Obviously, he's one of those directors that keeps churning out, you know, critically acclaimed and crowd favorites. Uh, he's kind of like Christopher Nolan, I think, in that way, where all of his—I mean, probably more critically acclaimed in many ways than Christopher Nolan. But he, like all of his movies are pretty—I think they're well liked by the public. I can't You're think a of a liar. David. What? <laughs> Christopher Nolan is a genius. Yeah. I, <laughs> I can't think of a David Fincher movie that people don't like, aside from like Alien Three. But that was like his first movie, so whatever. Um, anyway, I could be very wrong on that. Don't quote me on that, anyone listening. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm excited for a new David Fincher movie. Yeah, it's been yeah, my six- least favorite. My least favorite David Fincher movie is Song of the South. <laughs> Come on, David Fincher, you're God. Why do you do that? Um, yeah, I. His last film was six years ago, Gone Girl. Yeah, which. So. I think is a good movie, but I don't like, so <laughs> I haven't go. seen it yet. Um, I saw it with my mom. Not a great decision. <laughs> I'll give a uh, lot of sex and so, a lot of sex and blood <laughs> simultaneously. I'll give Mank a Brokaw if it comes out on Netflix. Actually, I'll give I'm, it a Brokaw anyway. Yeah. Wow. You're like the anti Steven Spielberg. I will only give it a Brokaw if it comes out on Netflix. I'm giving yeah, if, it a Brokaw because I like Citizen Kane. I like David Fincher, except for Gone Girl, apparently. Haven't seen Alien 3. And I love Charles Dance. Yep. And Gary Oldman. And Gary Oldman. Um, Next up, uh, so this just actually came out today. Star Wars Celebration is canceled, Jimmy. Yeah. I don't know if anyone really cares about this. Because, okay, my There's thing is Star Wars coming out. I mean, other than yeah. comic books and books and video that games, nerdy stuff. Am I right, Holden? <laughs> um, Just kidding. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know why. I don't know if anyone really cares about this aside from the, like the attendees, the people who had already like bought tickets and stuff. Because all of this news and everything will just be at D twenty three now. So 
I don't know. If that's not canceled. That's true. Um, but if if those are canceled, I'm sure they'll just they'll just go the Sony and Nintendo route I mean, of just putting everything. What would online. they have had there? Like a, a Mandalorian season two teaser? Probably season two that probably the new Star Wars game that we'll talk about. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. I'm gonna give this a Berger on. Me too, Holden. Another event that was not canceled but postponed news today. Um, the Oscars were officially postponed. Um, they were originally coming out at the end of February, February 28th, like they usually come out around that time. But now they are pushed back to April 25th. Uh, nominations will now be revealed on March 15th. And the eligibility period is actually extended to the previous uh, day of the Oscars. So February 28th of next year. So any movies released from, I mean, the uh the beginning of this year to February 28th of next year will be eligible. Yeah. Okay, well, then that that's a slight hit on our chances to win best picture, but I still yeah. feel pretty good about it. <laughs> I mean, we've we've that's like extending it 2 months and we've already missed out like 3 months of movies, so we're we're still got better chances than in like a normal year. I and think Spiral's too. not coming out. Yeah. So, so. We, we've got this in the bag is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I I get why they're doing it. I don't really know how that'll work, I guess, for future years. Because then, like, I guess the next year we'll just have... Unless they just decide to move it to April, like, the next year we'll just have less competition. So, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Interesting time. Because, I mean, February's a good spot because nothing happens in late February. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's literally nothing going on. There's in the, uh, like in the in like the entertainment world, you know what industry? Well, maybe this will like actually give um like f- January and February some good movies. You know, now that maybe the el- now that the eligibility period is extended to then, maybe we'll actually get some good films. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll give this a Bergeron because I don't really care too much. I like the Oscars, but. <laughs> Uh, they get it right sometimes don't they yeah they sure do did they get it right last year yeah they did this year this year was a good year for the oscars i remember yeah um yeah uh so bergeron uh next up some actual we're actually getting into like news that isn't just cancellations and stuff uh there's a new evil dead movie in the works um, and I think this maybe had previously been announced, but we'd never talked about it. But new, new, more news came out about it this week. It's going to be titled Evil Dead Now, which is a weird name. Uh, it won't feature Bruce Campbell like the original three did. Um, although there was uh, another Evil Dead movie that came out in the 2010s that also didn't have him. Um, but it will still involve Sam Raimi in some capacity like every other film ha- uh, Evil Dead movie or media has and it will be uh, directed by lee cronin who i don't think as far as i could tell has made any full-length horror films yet but he's well known for making some horror short films so what do you think about that jimmy uh i've never seen an evil dead movie how dare you i knew you hadn't (laughs) i knew i was gonna bring this up and it was gonna be one-sided but so uh i like sam raimi though he's pretty cool you should watch Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, which is Evil Dead not, 3. Not the original? No. I Well, maybe you can if you watch it before the other two. I had seen Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness first, and then I just, like, 
probably a couple months ago went back and watched the first Evil Dead movie and I did not like it. I was like, this is just because Evil Dead 2 is kind of a remake, but kind of a sequel of the first movie. And so you don't really need to see the first one. And after seeing it, it's just a far superior version. I don't know. Wow, Holden. I don't I don't think I'm alone in that thought. I mean, if you if you're really angry at me for saying that, write in an email or leave an angry Facebook comment. I don't know. Go ahead <laughs> for my hot take. Go ahead, make my day. I, I dare you. Um. Anyway, I'm gonna give it a broca. I guess. I think all the Evil Dead movies are supposed to be good. Sure, hold on. I'll give it a broca for you. Um. This one's not too big, but the new Spider Verse film started production this week. Um. So that's exciting. That's pretty much all we know about that is that it's starting production now. Excited for that, Jimmy? Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Verse is a good flick. I'll give that a brokaw. I'll give it a brokaw as well, Holden. Um, next up, Disney is creating a Lionel Richie musical. You familiar with Lionel Richie? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and my I, parents uh, watch American Idol. <laughs> <laughs> I, as far as I know, I don't think they have like an exact synopsis out yet, so we don't really know if it's going to be like a biopic or if it's just going to be a musical featuring some of his uh, or a lot of his music. Uh, but it's going to be titled "All Night Long," which is you know makes sense, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Would you watch a Lionel Richie musical? No, no, <laughs> I would not. <laughs> I probably would Bomb-a-dill. just because I'm a sucker there for musicals. Go, I'll give it a Bergeron. Um, this one, uh, this is our last bit of movie news. So after this, we'll uh, we'll have our game uh, discussion. Tog, um, but this is this pertains kind of um, to what we are reviewing this week. But Tommy Wiseau claimed in a tweet earlier this week that Netflix said no to having the room on their platform. Someone tweeted at him. Uh, it must have been earlier in the week, um, and said something like, "Hey." Tommy Wiseau like why isn't this available on any streaming platforms like have you tried offering it to anyone or has anyone approached you and he just responds with Netflix said no (laughs) well because is the disaster artist still on Amazon Prime it was no it's on Netflix now it's on Netflix now I was I would say it makes sense for it to be on the same platform as that yeah which it seems weird to me that it's like just not available anywhere not even to rent like but it is available on DVD, Olden. It is. It is. <laughs> um, no, it's like it's movies like this. Obviously, I'm not going. I I will never officially endorse pirating. But it's movies like this where I can really understand why people pirate movies because you just make it so hard to access it. Like it's not available anywhere to stream. Yeah, you can buy DVDs, but that's only if like they have a stock of them and stuff. I don't know. It's just a mess. Well, good on you for supporting Tommy Wiseau and buying this DVD. Hold I did. We'll talk about I. We'll talk about that. I did buy the DVD for this week. <laughs> um, don't worry, I didn't pirate it. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so that's it for movie news. On to our coverage of the PS5 event. I have a list here of games that I'm interested to talk about. Maybe you have more, but I feel will be relatively similar. Um. So, I guess just an overview. The PS5 event happened this week. It was very long, very big. Had a lot of games revealed. 
A lot of new details about the console. Actually, not too many new details except for like the appearance, but we'll talk about that. Well, I mean, um, to be fair, we already knew a lot about the console. Yeah, I guess. Basically, anymore, we don't we don't know the price and we don't know exactly what the oh my OS god, looks I can't like. wait to talk about the price thing because that's that's a mess. Um, but yeah, uh, so well, you can cover kind of the games that we saw. Um, I just have a list here. We'll go through GTA Five. Hold on, oh coming back again. <laughs> I cannot believe the- they started with that. I because when they, I saw Rockstar, I was like, they're starting out with this. Maybe it is GTA Six. Well, when I saw Rockstar, I'm like, no way. They're starting out with GTA Six. This yeah. is going to be like an insane event. And yeah. then it was GTA Five again. But like that was like before the event even started. It, the though. game Did has been out that? seven years. <laughs> like, who cares? <laughs> It was literally it was literally just given away free on the Epic Store and I got it. <laughs> um but who cares? Like I don't doubt it's a great game if you love those games. I've played it. I don't really like it that much. Um but it's just not for me. I like it. I don't love it. I mean, I didn't I never finished the campaign or anything like that, but I mean it's enjoyable. Yeah. Um so yeah, I don't know. Besides that though, the next game that was announced was a pretty big one. Spider-Man Miles Morales, Jimmy. Yeah, what is this game? Nobody knows. Uh, so, I I don't know officially where people have heard this, but I'm most, I everywhere I'm seeing is that it's like a standalone expansion, or at least like a shorter game. It's not like yeah, a full-on it, sequel. It's not like the full-fledged sequel that's teased at the end of the original game. Yeah. So don't be expecting a Venom or any of that stuff in this, or in this game. Goblin. Yeah. Don't be expecting any of that. We'll just get Hammerhead again or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, oh, boy. I can't wait for Hammerhead again. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, I'm excited for it. We didn't get too much gameplay. It looks it, it looks kind of like it has like a very neon aesthetic to it. Yeah. I, um, I think they're playing with the Miles Morales, like electricity, kind of with the, the lighting. Yeah, Spider-Verse stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'm i interested to see what they do with it because I wonder if they're going to do, like, the whole costume thing again. I don't know how many Miles Morales costumes there are. The main suit looks great, I mm-hmm. gotta say. Yeah, it does. Um, and obviously more Spider-Man is good because that first game was pretty great. Um, and the web slinging is going to be lightning fast now that they yep. have that SSD. Oh, yeah. It's well, and I'm interested, like... Very fluid. I mean, this means that they they have to be porting PS4 onto the PS5, right? In terms of what? like, Or they have to be porting, like, the original game, Spider-Man PS4, onto the PS5, right? I don't know. I mean... I would I, think so. I, if this I is, like, a standalone PS5, I think it's not quite clear whether the PS5 will simply act as a PS4 emulator or if it will actually be like patched where it actually takes advantage of a PS5. Yeah. I don't know. So we'll see. Hopefully um, it does, but yeah. I'm excited for this game though. I'll give yeah, that you, game reveal a broke. You definitely you def- I'll give it a broke out too and you definitely will be able to play Spider-Man the original game on the PS5. But whether yeah, it's That's a, just what I was saying. enhanced <laughs> or not. Yeah, yeah, no, the backwards compatibility backwards compatibility is like yeah, they said the vast majority of PS4 games will be um, playable at launch on PS5, and I would Im- I would be stunned if uh, Spider-Man, which is a first-party Sony game, was not mm-hmm. supported. Yep. Um. Next game, 
I'm not uh, okay. The first couple are in order, but I mostly just wrote them down in the order that I thought of them. So we're, it won't be in order of the conference. Um, next one though is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, new Ratchet and Clank game. I love Ratchet and Clank. I never played the PS3 ones, but I played the original four that were on the PS2. I think I've played them all multiple times. Um, and I played the PS4 reboot that came out a few years ago. Um, all very good games. All of those ones are made by Insomniac. Um, and I actually didn't know that the reboot one was made by Insomniac still, but it apparently was, and this one will be as well. And so Insomniac's got quite a bit on their plate, making this and Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it looks really good, really cool. Yeah, and like I mentioned to you after the event, I thought this was the most, like, it wins the award for, like, this couldn't have been done on PS4, but could be done on PS5. Yeah, it is the um, most impressive. With the whole looking. dimension shifting stuff where the levels yeah. completely change it just um, pr- while you're playing it. And that would only be possible with the SSDs on the next generation consoles. Yeah, and it just proves that, like, just, like, a character in, like, place doesn't need to look realistic to be graphically impressive because mm-hmm. people always think that. And I think, like... I mean, obviously, Nintendo's hardware is far from the best, but they are, they're always really good about making their cartoonish designs look really good on their consoles. And I think this is kind of a similar thing, Just, but obviously PS5 is much higher than like the Switch or anything. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I think it looks really cool. Looks like there's a lot of potential for references to previous games since there's a lot of interdimensional travel. So I'm sure longtime fans will be pleased with that. Um. Yeah. You ever played a Ratchet and Clank game, Jimmy? I've not, Holden, but I maybe I'll pick up the PS4 one someday. Yeah. It's pretty good. Or the PS5 one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll give that a Brokaw. I'll give it a Brokaw, too. Um, oh. we, yeah, I gave Spider-Man a Brokaw, yeah. Yeah. Uh, next one is Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah, um, the last one. Definitely going out of order now. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> No, the, wait, was that the last one? Yeah, that was the last announcement before okay. the console reveal. Okay. Um, but yeah, Horizon Forbidden West, the new Horizon game. The first one's Horizon Zero Dawn, which we have talked about extensively on this podcast because Jimmy played it with not too long ago. And so he would give his impressions and I would give mine. Um, pretty excited for it. It looks pretty. Um, it. I'm sure it'll be... A lot of the same but with new creatures and stuff and i'm excited to see i mean the gameplay is just so fun i'm excited to see what they add to it yeah i don't i mean i love the i like the gameplay but i thought some of the other weapons weren't all that useful i felt yeah. like i kind of got cornered into one sort of tactic and didn't have to be really pushed we talked about this and i think you're alone in thinking that <laughs> okay um, but at least between us my, two. my biggest reservation about this game, which I am really excited for, and I really did very much enjoy the first one, uh, obviously, cause I, I got the platinum as well. Um, but I just like the story for that one is such, it's all about the mystery of the world. And I just don't know how you could replicate that in a sequel. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the story I was super interested in. And I thought the, not that I wasn't interested in the other parts of the world. I just didn't think that part of the story was executed very well. Um, 
and I didn't really find silence all that interesting. I'm sorry, Holden. I know you liked it. I like so silence. I'm just I'm just a little worried from the the narrative aspect, which is why I loved the first game so much, and the the dialogue I thought was pretty poorly written in the first game. I think so, the change of setting could help with add some mystery to it. Yeah, no, I I, I do think that too, and I'm I'm interested. So they definitely go to San Francisco. I'm interested if they go across the Pacific Ocean to Asia, too. Um, I mean, well, you see, you see, like uh, I don't know if it's Chinese or Korean or Japanese writing. I I don't know those. Well, you the, see the dragon. Yeah, and the dragon. Um, I don't know if that would be like a Chinatown in San Francisco, which that's there what is I was one. wondering. Yeah, or if it's actually you know across the pacific ocean but i i mean it looks gorgeous i'm definitely gonna get it same um like you said the gameplay i i mean i'm sure they're gonna add some stuff to it it's gonna be Mm -hmm. awesome and i i have a lot of confidence in in gorilla games to make it a very solid game yeah i'll give it broke off for me holden same here uh, the next one was one that I was not expecting at all, and I was very excited for, even though there was not really any gameplay shown. Um, Resident Evil Village. Yeah, Resi um, 8. Yeah, Resident Evil 8. Um, it's, I mean, it. it's a very different setting and very different, I don't know, it, it's very interesting just because like it looks like there's going to be a lot of stuff like maybe Wendigos people are talking about or like other creatures that aren't necessarily like necessarily like zombie like creatures and i guess seven had like the weird mold guys and whatnot but (laughs) it looks like it'll be um i don't know a very different type of game apparently you play as the same character as in seven which i didn't pick up on ethan yeah Yeah. and apparently so in the trailer i don't i don't know my resident evil lore i'm sorry yeah i still need to play the remake of two that's fine uh but apparently like ethan you play as ethan and minor spoilers well i guess it is kind of just spoilers for the end of seven um you get to pick on either saving your wife or this other like woman um and it looks like canonically your wife is the one you save because at the end of the trailer you have chris redfield who is the soldier who helps you at the end out at the end of the game and is a recurring character throughout the Resident Evil series and he like shoots her and so and that's kind of why Ethan screams um I think that's a fake out it's probably a fake out or I don't know she's possessed again or the, the something what are you talking about the I I forget the ending of Resident Evil 7 like I forgot that happens until I was like oh yeah you do choose between one but yeah then I, I, I don't really remember it that well well it's the part I remember not really liking the end of the game yeah well I was gonna say it's it, you do that right before the part of the game you don't like so like it's right after you or it's right before you get to the cruise ship um oh, yeah and they take away all your items yeah um you monsters at Capcom <laughs> they're the real monsters they are but i'm not the gooey guys or whatever you call them mold guys mold yeah um i know i'm excited for a new resident evil game they're going back to the first person like in eight um looks very pretty what in seven seven, yeah it looks very pretty um and they've been hitting it out of the park with the resident evil games even though three got more of a mix the three remake got a mixed reception just due to its length but apparently the campaign is still good um yeah i don't know jimmy what do you think of it 
I mean, I liked Resident Evil 7. I want to play the second one. Yeah. Um, I've thought about picking it up since it's on sale for like 20 bucks right now. Yep. But um, I, I was very close to... I'll get into it more on what are you doing, but I was very close to picking it up as like a a one-week kind of uh, play through that before The Last of Us Part Two. but... You could have done I, it. It's not too I long. I could have done it. I, yeah, it's not that long if you play it just from one of the perspectives or whatever. Well, but even just, both, it's not too bad. Yeah, but I decided I to, to play something else instead, Holden, which I'll get into later. Nice. That's a tease, folks. Um, next up, we have Deathloop. Deathloop. Uh, and this is yeah. probably the most creative original one um, that I'm, I, at least that I'm most excited for. And this is a, it's a Bethesda, it's published Arcane by Bethesda, Studios. but it's Arcane Studios, yeah, who did like Dishonored um, and the uh, the abandoned Half-Life 2 Episode 4 rip in peace. Um, <laughs> uh, but... It's this first-person shooter where it kind of looks like it's a Groundhog Day scenario where it's a couple of uh, mercenaries or bounty hunters or whatever, and they're kind of in this loop of killing each other over and over again. And the gameplay looks really interesting. It's got a cool visual style to it. Um, I don't know. And it's a relatively original concept, so I, I'm i interested in it. I think it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. I like the the style, like you said. Um, the gameplay looks excellent. It just looks very fluid. Yeah. And like you said, original. Um, and I thought it was a very well put together trailer. I'm excited to see more about it. And if it if the narrative is interesting, that would be just a plus. Yep. Um, Brokaw. Brokaw, same here. Uh, another one is Ghostwire Tokyo. This is a game that's actually been in development for a while, and I had forgotten it was shown at the event until I was reading about it afterwards, but I went and rewatched like the demonstration, and it is pretty cool, but I think it's just overshadowed by like a lot of the other things we saw. Um, and it kind of looks... It's a first-person game. It kind of looks like Bioshock in the, fa- like, in the terms of like powers and stuff you get, and it's this very weird world. Um... And where you fight all these strange creatures, it's called Ghostwire Tokyo, and so I'm almost wondering if these are like um, updated monsters from like Japanese mythology or something, because they kind of give off that vibe. Um, I don't know. It looked interesting to me. It, yeah, yeah. This was one I had forgotten about this one until you just mentioned it. Um, it's a Bergeron for me. It didn't. I don't remember it really grabbing my attention. Sure. The show. Um. So this is one. This is one I mentioned to you, Jimmy. But I genuinely think, at least from my gameplay perspective, it could be cool. Is Returnal? <laughs> it's the one where the the astronaut lady's like, "I keep going crazy because I keep dying" or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I to I me, would need to see more. Yeah, gameplay wise, at least from what we saw, it looks like it could be kind of a roguelike. Which, if you don't know what a roguelike is, it's kind of a game where whenever you die your progress gets kind of reset, but the game is kind of randomized and you just kind of get better through upgrades and stuff. It kind of looks like that uh, based on the story and what was shown. It also looks kind of like a 3D uh, or a third-person shooter bullet hell game with everything that was going on screen. And so from a uh, gameplay perspective, I think it looks kind of fun, especially with the uh, production value going into a game like that, if that is what it is. Obviously, this is mostly speculation. Um, but if that's the kind of game it is, I think it could be cool. Kind of stupid yeah, name, I, though. 
Yeah, I don't know. That Bergeron for me too. I that wasn't one that I got super excited about while watching it. Sure. Um that's pretty much it for me, Jimmy. Do you have anything? Um I think there was one they uh I thought they announced Hitman 3. Oh, which yeah. is going to be the the finale, I guess to the I think they called it like the World of Assassination trilogy. Yeah, something like that. Um very solid games. I've only played the first one i haven't completed it but um second one's on sale i thought about getting that too but uh i i i enjoy those games so i maybe have to talk about it a little bit more later nice a little tease there another there, little tease holding <laughs> uh there, keep teasing the listeners there were there were a lot of like indie games shown off and i think that's something to be commended because that is definitely a demographic that i think gets underappreciated sometimes and especially with the focus the focus they had they didn't really they didn't really not appease anyone i don't think with this event i thought some of the indie games looked kind of weird like the weird bug food one that was interesting. That one was really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's 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 weird. I there was the one little devil inside, which is like uh, a weird. It kind of looks like a third person adventure game with like a very. It looks like a flat art style, but I don't I don't know how to describe the art style it had. It looked kind of weird. I thought that one what was it like Kena or something? Kena. Oh yeah, Kena. yeah, that one. That one looks that. like Pikmin. Yeah, I thought that one graphically looked very impressive. Yeah, yeah. And even uh, Square Enix had like a, a new IP they were showing off. Oh, yeah, the project. It was like a project. Something. A- Athia or Athia or something. Yeah, that looked kind of cool. Yeah, so I mean, overall a good event, but we'll get to the PS5 design. Yeah, Holden. I was, were you surprised that they showed the design? Uh, no, because... I was thinking they were going to, and then you were the one that was telling me, no, I don't think they will. Well, they had I, said I, they didn't say anything about, like, this is, we're going to show the PS5 design. Oh. I just they figured just it was going to be like a surprise. Games. I I was like, you can't show off all these games and just not show us the design because it's coming out in like six months, less than that. So I don't know. It seemed, it seemed inevitable to me, but hindsight is twenty twenty. Maybe I. <laughs> Maybe that's just me being stupid. What's your opinion, Alden? I think it looks cool. I think it looks cool too. I really like it. It's There's a lot be of people massive. who hate it. Yeah, I, I don't get all the hate. I think it is too big. It is <laughs> like, way too big, probably. But um I mean, I think the design is very sleek, very modern looking. Um I think it goes very nice. I mean, it's white like we had guessed, um, going alongside the controller. Um yeah, I don't know. I I'm cool with it. I'm glad they went for it. Yeah, they didn't just make it boring. I like it. It's kind of funny. I've I've. Were you the one that told me that it looks like an Xbox 720? Or no? Or did I no, say that to you? You said that to me. Okay, it looks like the Xbox 720 uh, mockups that people used to make. <laughs> like, if you ever you'd look watch, at those. like you'd watch like the YouTube videos from like 2007. Yeah, they'd just be like Microsoft Movie Maker <laughs> slideshows, <laughs> and then they just like have like a single loud, image, like K-pop music in the background. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. I'm gonna give it a Brokaw, Jimmy. I'm gonna give it a Brokaw too. Um, and then going there's along, two, we should talk about that. There's two versions of it. Oh the, yeah, I the guess. one with the the PS5 and then the PS5 Digital Edition. Yeah, 
I'm yeah. So there's there's one that has a disc drive and one that doesn't. And for me, I'm like, even if you don't buy disc games, I still like. I don't know. I guess if you're a fully digital person, like if all of your media is just on digital, that makes sense. And if you're okay with that, that's fine. But like ninety ninety percent of my media is digital. Yeah, but so like for me, it's going to be the difference in price. I from but like. I mean, I've made it known that I like having physical games and stuff, but even even if I didn't do that, like, I still have a lot of movies and stuff that, like, I will probably use my PS5 as a media player as well, the so room. I want that option. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely getting the disc one, and I doubt it. I mean, if it's a price of 100 more, I don't really care that much. Yeah, so 100 You would pay $100 more for the disc? Yeah, that's probably the max I'd go. Really? I it's okay, for one it's not going to be that big of a difference. No, I didn't. Because think so. I had read that a, a UHD Blu-ray drive would cost Sony $20. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, if they sell it for $50 less, they're going to take a loss on it. Yeah. It's going to be a steep like making the non making the standard version or sorry, making the digital edition is only saving them $20 or or so from a production standpoint. Sure. So if they sell it $50 cheaper, they're actually, you know, taking a loss on it. Yeah. So it won't um, be much so, difference. I don't know. If it's a $50 difference, I guess we'll have to just see. I mean, I don't if it's $600 for the whole the main one. Oh my god. I don't think it will be. I think it'll be uh 500. Well, and that's something I want to mention now is like Sony in the last couple of days has said, like one of their representatives has said, like, we're not focused on price. We're focused on value. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> that to me is just like a bad sign for the price. And I don't know if I mean, 600 might be still on the high end, but saying something like that and still haven't not having acknowledged the price. I'm like, that sounds bad. I re- I really think it's going to be 500 bucks. Yeah, probably. And then I would guess the digital one is 450. Which yeah. if you think about it, $500. These consoles, think about it 7 years ago, PlayStation 4 was $400 and Xbox One was $500 very infamously with the Kinect. Mm-hmm. Um So if you think about it, 7 years later, if it's 500 bucks, that's not, I mean, inflation-wise, that's not a huge difference. Yeah. And if you, and on top of that, these consoles now, compared to like modern gaming PCs, as opposed to like the PS4 was like kind of like a mid-range gaming PC. Yeah. For the time, components-wise, the PS5 is like a high-end gaming PC already. So like, I mean, it's worth way more than that. Yep. In terms of like the components and how developers will be able to utilize them and stuff, so I I think like <laughs> to regurgitate what the the Sony rep is saying, I think the value is actually there just as much as it was last generation, even though there is a price increase. Okay. Um. Well, we are at forty eight minutes of having just talked about news, <laughs> so I and we, we haven't sh- even mentioned the the Star Wars game old. Okay, we can briefly mention that. So there was a new Star Wars game announced or officially revealed today. 
on Star Wars Squadrons. It's going to be a $40 game, believe it or not, not full price. It's going to be $40. It's going to be dogfighting space game. It's going to have VR support on both, both PS4 and PC. The whole game will be VR supported. The yeah. whole game. Um, and it's going to be multiplayer and single player. No microtransactions, supposedly. Because EA has to say that now or else people just like <laughs> hate them <laughs> immediately. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm excited for it. Broca, Holden. I'll give it a Broca as well. Okay. Let's get on with our review of The Room. Yeah, so if you skip to that gaming part, this is our going to be our longest episode, 100%, I think. To, or just very, very brief non-spoiler, I guess. Or should we just spoil this thing? I think we should just spoil the room. Yeah. What is I there? Mean, I okay. guess it doesn't. I, the plot is very predictable. <laughs> anyway, so I mean, I guess. I Okay, so the room is a very infamous movie. If you've never heard of this, and I'm actually surprised how many people are not aware of the room. Um, the room, I'll read the synopsis on the back of the DVD case, which I have here with me. Bought it this week. I bought it on Thursday and I got here on Saturday with Amazon Prime shipping. So <laughs> not bad. Um, <laughs> anyway, mm, uh, capitalism, eh? <laughs> um, so it says the room is an electrifying American black comedy about love, passion, betrayal, and lies. It's what happens in real life. You could be with your loving woman and all of a sudden, boom, she's in bed with your best friend or a family member. The room depicts the depths of, re- of friendships and relationships in one's life and realizes life's real and most asked question. Can you ever can you really ever trust anyone? Are you ready to see reflections of your life? There wow. I like how it's labeled as a black comedy. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that's. uh, Yeah. So I guess. You got to acknowledge, you know, the man behind the madness, Tommy Wiseau. Um, so Tommy Wiseau, interesting character. Um, he's the main actor, director, writer, producer of this film. Uh, he is an enigma. He put six million dollars into this movie. This movie has a budget of six million dollars. Where did he get six million dollars? Nobody knows. Where did that Where money go? <laughs> Where is he from? Nobody knows. Exactly. Um, he is a crazy, I mean, maybe not crazy person, but very eccentric and very odd individual. If you ever see interviews or anything with him, you're just like, wow, this guy's a character. Um, but he made this movie. Um, it is considered one of the worst movies of all time, but also one of the greatest bad movies of all time. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think the that that title is well earned. It is hilarious. It is the perfect example of what not to do in a movie. Like, it is such a perfect example. Like, you you have these movies that are like hyped up for you sometimes that are like, oh, I'll use the example of La La Land because I've run into that a lot where people don't like La La Land because it was too hyped up for them or whatever. But this movie is hyped up by a lot of people, both within the film circles and outside. But I think anyone who sees it loves this movie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I watched hard. it with I watched it with my parents Saturday night and they had a blast with it. Had they never seen it? No, they hadn't. Oh, my gosh. Well, I had forgotten how enjoyable it is. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I feel like 
the the so bad it's good formula is hard to come by, mm-hmm. and Tell Me Why So just nails it. Because I mean, most <laughs> most bad movies are just boring more than yeah. anything else. Like they just don't say anything. Nothing interesting happens. The movie is cats. Yeah. <laughs> But, but you get movies like like this, and I've seen Birdemic. Birdemic's another pretty good one, if you've ever seen that. Um, but isn't Birdemic, like, intentionally bad, though? No. Oh, it's not? No. <laughs> okay, I gotta check it out, then. Yeah. Um, oh, and I when I mentioned Tommy Wiseau, the thing I was gonna mention was, this movie came out in 2003, and when he first released it, like, he was intent, like, this is a drama, hardcore drama, very serious, this is gonna make you feel stuff. Um, and in the years since, after it was kind of discovered and thrown around the midnight movie circuit, he's since come about and is like, no, it was always, always meant to be a black comedy. That's always what I wanted it to be. So, yeah, <laughs> he he's having a good time with the attention he's getting and the movie he's getting. So even though people make fun of this movie, like he doesn't care. I don't know. Or like it, it just hits him so deeply that. Because I feel like Tommy Wiseau in himself is a tragic character, much like Johnny in the movie. And Oh, my God. Jimmy, don't look too much into this. <laughs> no, I I mean, but I, I think what happens to Johnny, I think that some of that stuff is based on very real emotions that Tommy oh, Wiseau yeah. himself And faced. that's something that's even touched on a little bit if you watch The Disaster Artist, um, which is the movie about the making of this movie, which is a pretty good movie. It's on Netflix right now if you want to check it out. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely think that's, that's the case. Um, but we've talked about, we've danced around it long enough. Let's talk about the movie itself. The room. (laughs) There's just so many good lines and (laughs) moments. The movie. Okay. So the movie starts out with like this five minute, just like, Oh, we, we mentioned, we're going to do full spoilers for this. Um, so watch it if you haven't already, but uh, the movie starts out it's like this five minute montage of just like various establishing shots with like the most generic stock music soundtrack over it, even though it's not stock music, like he had a composer. Yeah. It's like composed on 2003 virtual instruments. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I, what's funny enough is I like, I've looked into the soundtrack for this movie a little bit and like the composer is like the, he's like a music professor at some California college and he's like actually well known for like making electronic music and stuff. And it's just, I guess it might've been cutting edge back in the day. Well, I'm, I'm not even, I'm just thinking maybe he's not good at writing a film score. <laughs> Doesn't know what he's doing. He just takes like the most generic sounding parts of any film score and puts it in there with his electronic sounds. <laughs> but that's kind of how it is throughout the whole movie. The main theme is just repeated constantly. Um, in various <laughs> and it's like this like electronic flute. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty good. But the first line of the movie is Tommy or Tommy's character, Johnny, just walking into the apartment saying, hi, babe. Yeah. Hi, babe. Um, and it, it's not very long before it gets into a sex scene. Um, and really, this movie is just interconnected sex. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I did not get the pleasure of rewatching because I watched the YouTube censored version available online. Mm hmm. Just Which, on YouTube. There used to be the full movie. It just used to be on YouTube. Yeah. But uh, 
I don't know, that channel got taken down or something. Well, and like Tommy Wiseau had it up on his YouTube channel for a while, and I don't know if that was the version I watched, but like it's just not there anymore, which is just a shame. It's a shame. It really is, because <laughs> that should be the public domain. <laughs> it should. It should be um, in the Library of Congress. <laughs> the sex scenes in this movie are laughably bad. They're so bad. And like, the music. <laughs> the music. Oh, yeah. This, okay, so the music is part of it, because they use like these very... Uh, I mean, I wouldn't even say obscure because it's not anything you could even... I've tried finding some of these songs and you just cannot find them outside of the room context, really. But, like, there are these R&B songs. I thought they songs. were originally composed for the room. That could... That's very possible. Um, but Which makes them all the better. <laughs> <laughs> they're these very generic R&B songs. Some of them sound straight out of, like, what you would... What is very generically thought of as, like, porn music. Like, it's... <laughs> um... <laughs> But it is just, it's so bad. And the sex is so uncomfortable. It goes on for so long. Um, there's <laughs> Nothing the, is implied. It's just like. It's just yeah. there. And um, it's so uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so Tommy and his uh, fiance in the film, um, Lisa, Lisa, soon to be wife, as they like to say, or future wife, as they like to say, um, there she the actress was so uncomfortable with filming the sex scenes that literally two of their sex scenes are just the same scene but like recut <laughs> it's the same it's the same footage yeah um, and you and can it's tell so, it's, it's yeah it's not it's i mean it's quite obvious yeah um and so that's very funny but i mean besides that you go into the acting and the acting in this film is just is atrocious the, all around the mother-in-law <laughs> oh, oh my, my gosh <laughs> there uh, the mother-in-law just comes in and mentions that she has breast cancer and then never mentions it again <laughs> <laughs> the results are in i definitely have breast cancer <laughs> Uh, Lisa, Con- Lisa, Lisa is the biggest bitch. Like she <laughs> is so unlikable. And I will hand it to Tommy Wiseau in that, unlike a lot of other bad movies, he actually has like a story, I guess. And yeah, like, like there is a somewhat, it's a coherent plot. Yeah, the characters are really dumb and don't make a lot of sense. Like yeah, <laughs> they, but Mark and Lisa like just cannot not have sex. <laughs> yeah. Like, and like every like, time we have to we have to have sex right now at this party. They and ev- every wait. time after they have sex, Mark is always just like, God, why'd you make me do that? <laughs> He's like, I don't like you. Why are we doing this? Johnny's my best friend. Yeah. Oh, by the way, they mentioned that Johnny is his best friend all the time. Like Johnny <laughs> is constantly referred to as, oh, my best friend, Mark's best friend. Or Johnny will say, oh, Mark's my best friend. They say that all the time. Another repeated line is Lisa just saying, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Says that to her mom all the time or to her friend all the time. I love it when she's like, oh, hi, mom. Or like, hi, mom, come in. And they talk for two minutes and she's like, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, why did you have your mother come over? Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, you got Denny. Who is I love I love it when Denny comes in on the pillow fight when they're about to have sex. Yeah. And she's hey, like, look, can Denny. I watch? <laughs> I just like watching you guys. Yeah. Hey, two's and, a party, but three's a crowd, huh, Denny? <laughs> <laughs> Denny apparently so De- from what I understand, um, and I don't remember if this is mentioned in the movie or if I read this in the book that the uh the movie The Disaster Artist is based off of. But Denny is like the character 
in the script is like over 18 because they mentioned how he lives on his own and how they're paying for his tuition and stuff but i think the actor was like directed to play him like a young kid and so it's this 20 year old guy who is supposed to be in the script like an 18 year old who is playing like an 11 year old (laughs) (laughs) maybe younger and it's just it's so weird it makes this like tonal clash of just like He's at one point he's confronted by this drug dealer, like and held at gunpoint. <laughs> Maybe the, the best scene in the movie. Oh yeah, I think it <laughs> definitely is. But um, and then at other times he's just like, oh, like he's supposed to be like this childhood innocence, but it just comes comes off as creepy. It's so funny. Oh, and everyone loves Denny too. So, Denny and yeah. Johnny, just everyone loved them. Yeah. <laughs> oh man just all the quotes yeah this movie. and all the just like johnny walking around or just been <laughs> playing football like very poorly like the, there's the one scene where the guy like trips and falls and then wait which one playing. the one where he falls into the trash cans or the one where he just falls <laughs> flat <laughs> the one, i was thinking the one where he just falls flat there's the one okay so the one and then guy that's like oh that's the end of the scene yeah <laughs> And they were, like, in tuxes. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not really explained why. Um, But. And I love how people are like, man, Lisa just looks so hot. Yeah. Right now. Just like, like, there's, I'm pretty sure, like, there's a shot where the guy's talking to his girlfriend or wife. He's like, man, look how hot Lisa looks or something. Yeah. That's, it's very famous. Why would you say that to your significant other? Well, (laughs) I didn't notice it. I turned on subtitles because my parents, like my dad needs to have subtitles on because he's hard of hearing. So (laughs) we had subtitles on and I didn't realize, but immediately after he says that his girlfriend's like, what do you mean by that? (laughs) 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 It's so good. Um... (laughs) um it's so over it's so melodramatic too it's just everything is so over the top yeah johnny just gets mad for no reason at various times like he gets mad at mark at that party well and like mark and i guess that's not for no reason because mark and lisa no reason yeah mark and lisa are just like they're literally about to have sex while all of their friends are outside party yeah oh my god mark uh Mark is played by Greg Sestero, by the way, who is, he is like Tommy, or at the time, at least he was like Tommy Wiseau's best friend. And he's the one who wrote The Disaster Artist. And he's done a couple movies, I think, with Tommy Wiseau since. Um, Yeah. Um, What else? Are they still good friends or? I think so. I think for some, for some reason, I want to say they had a falling out at some point. Maybe that's shown in the movie, the Disaster Artist movie. I've only seen that movie once, but I think yeah. they're back to being good friends again because they just had like a movie come out a few years ago around the time of the the Disaster Artist. So I think they're good now. Could be wrong about that. I also like how apparently, like in the movie universe, Johnny and Lisa have been dating for seven years, and then just all of a sudden she just decides. She's yeah. Just and then he's like. 
Lisa, what are you? Why are you doing this? He's like, don't talk to, don't ask me that. Like, that's none of your business. I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? That's, <laughs> like, a, that's it's completely, completely his business. You're cheating he, on him. With okay, his best and friend. <laughs> I didn't notice that until this movie, and I'm sure. So, uh, Derek, by the way, is the one who recommended this to us. I know, I know, Derek. So, shout out to you, Derek, for recommending this. Um, but I don't know if I don't know if any if anyone listening has noticed this, but at like the beginning of the movie. Lisa's mom says you've known Tommy or, or, or known Johnny for like five years, but then at the end of the movie they say they've been dating for like seven years, <laughs> <laughs> and so that wasn't even consistent there. Um, the background very infamously just like the set is very bare, <laughs> but there's just pictures of spoons like in the picture <laughs> frames. It's just like placeholder images that they probably bought with the picture frames, and it's just like spoons and stuff. And then the rooftop, which is just green screen. <laughs> the greens and the, the rooftop scenes are some of the best ones. Obviously, you have the very famous "I did not hit her" line. It's on the rooftop, and I that's still fantastic. Um, you have well, the Mark. you have the drug dealer Chris R, uh, who is gives Such the best performance scene. in the film. Um, <laughs> that scene just like becomes insanity and i love i love that scene because then lisa and her mom come up onto the roof and start this lengthy interrogation then like johnny comes up and is like like denny why'd you get drugs or whatever and then and then mark is just on the roof (laughs) like you never see him come up but he's just like behind the mom (laughs) it is it is incredible uh johnny's death at the end of the movie it's very great. Him writhing Tragic. around on the ground with the with the dress, <laughs> <laughs> like rubbing it against his crotch. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> he um, and then like he's in the bathroom. Like his mom or like Lisa's upstairs. It's after like you know they've had their confrontation or whatever. Like Lisa comes upstairs, and Lisa's mom comes up. And it's like, oh, Johnny's a reasonable man. Like, he'll come out. And then Lisa goes over to the door is like, hey, Johnny, just, like, come come out here and let's talk already. And Johnny just says, in a few minutes, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best lines of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, that turn, and then that's, like, the moment they can't get back together uh, anymore. And, of course, Mark <laughs> calls. And he's like, I want you come upstairs. Which is, like, I mean... I mean, I don't like Johnny anymore. Yeah, it's such like a character departure. (laughs) Which, why am I criticizing that? (laughs) (laughs) It's such a great movie. Like, it is really the perfect storm. It is, and I, you know, I've seen this movie now, probably four times, maybe five. I've seen it at least four times though. And like every time I watch it, I just, I usually find new things I pick up on. It's almost like, it's almost like a gr- I think why people call it so bad, it's good. Maybe this isn't why, but one of the reasons why you could attribute it is because every time you watch it, you pick up on new things in the film. It's like a movie that's like excellent, has like this deep meaning, yeah. lots of like <laughs> stuff you can pick up on, but it's like kind of the, the same thing. The just, opposite. <laughs> yeah. It's the same, but opposite. Cause you can pick up on all of these things, but usually just how terrible it is. There's the one character, Peter, who's like the psychologist. Mm-hmm. And this is a thing that some people know, but Peter just kind of disappears halfway through the movie. But then at the end of the movie, at the party scene, there's just this other guy 
who's just there and they like you're kind of expected to know who he is um and he starts like talking like he's known the, like lisa like he he confronts that, lisa yeah that's the guy who confronts lisa yeah because i was but, watching it and i was like wait what is this guy so believe it or not that character that guy replaced peter because they couldn't the guy who played peter had to quit like halfway through filming the film and so that's just like peter <laughs> but a different <laughs> actor they recast halfway through the movie <laughs> yeah it's just i mean i don't know this movie is fantastic and i like i i could talk about this for a long time but unfortunately we have we've been going on this podcast for a long time this episode so we probably can't go on too much more um yeah just i mean the the scene where he goes to the flower shop or whatever oh fantastic or whatever whenever he goes anywhere or the talking to mark and he's like oh and how's your sex life yeah (laughs) anyway how's your sex life yeah anyway how's your sex life that same scene i didn't i don't think i noticed it until this time but like they're they're like ordering coffee and they just don't pay for it Like, you have all these people ordering coffee ahead of them, and they're like, oh, we'll get that right out for you, and they just never ask for money. And I like how there are parts where they're just waiting in line. Yeah. It's a solid 45 seconds of waiting in line. You couldn't cut to the part where they're getting their coffee. Exactly. <laughs> and they're, okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna go out on a huge limb here that I, I'm a lot of people pro- probably won't agree with me with, on, but there are... I can tell Tommy Wiseau is a fan of like movies and stuff, even if he doesn't know what he's doing and applying that to his film, because there are a few shots in this movie that don't look good, but I think if they had more talent behind them could be better. And I think there's, cause I noticed that this time there's some creative camera work at a few scenes. While a lot of it is very just like static and whatnot. There's a few parts where I'm like, I wonder if that would look good with a better director doing it. <laughs> and of course, didn't they film this on film and digital simultaneously? Yes. Yeah, that's very... <laughs> and that's probably where a lot of the budget went. That was very famous where he had two cameras running constantly. And he also had a camera following him all the time, too, <laughs> for behind-the-scenes stuff. So... <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to... like mention his like his chicken it just goes that's what is a chicken sounds like <laughs> i mean a lot of this review quote unquote has just been like recounting parts that we think are hilarious but i think that's the only way you can approach this because like yeah, what, are, what are we gonna do actually review this yeah movie? Like, <laughs> come on well i mean like this movie is a hundred percent terrible in almost every way if you just look at it from a critical standpoint like i don't think there's i mean if you were to go bare minimum like we had said like there is a coherent plot but like I don't know. It's just everything else is bad, but it's bad in a funny way. So. <laughs> oh, man. Well, should we rate this movie? Yeah. You go first. <laughs> I mean, like like a zero out of ten <laughs> production value, but like a like a nine out of ten entertainment value. Uh, cr- yeah. I'm kind of so I guess I'll go one higher on each of those critical. I'll go one out of ten. Uh. And then I guess from entertainment, I'll probably go ten out of ten. I'll, I'll bump them up to a point five out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
for the for the drug for the, the drug, drug scene, scene. <laughs> which the in the in the uh, uh, in the disaster artist that character is played by Zac Efron <laughs> that, that actor <laughs> and he's just like he's like batshit crazy in real life too <laughs> it's so funny anyway right. uh yeah watch the disaster artist if you have yeah already. even though we kind of spoiled it i mean you know where this movie's going and it's yeah. it is something else also watch the tommy wiseau joker video on youtube that's pretty good because yeah low-key he might he would be a great joker <laughs> <laughs> okay all right holden let's do defy bloods Okay, Jimmy. So, to Five Bloods, Netflix film. Very different from the film we just reviewed. <laughs> different in almost every way. Um, it is a Spike Lee joint. Um, it basically is a quick synopsis. It's these five, or no, well, it's four um, uh, Vietnam vets who are all black. Um, and they all... Um, go back to Vietnam to get this treasure that they had previously buried during their service there. Um, it's a bunch of gold, and they go back to find it and get it. And yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> basic plot synopsis. Yeah, that's a basic. It's their kind of return to Vietnam. Yeah, first time since the war. Yes, and they um, and and they have a couple main objectives. Um, one is bringing back the remains of their like squad leader, played by um, Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman. Boseman. Yeah, who you may know as the Black Black Panther in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Indeed. Um, yeah, and so non spoilers, Holden. This is an interesting movie to talk about non spoilers. Yeah, it is. Because it's, I think it's very hard. I we, I, I think we've run into that problem lately, where we've had some movies that are just very hard. Well, I, maybe just movies in general are hard to talk about non-spoilers. But it, I liked this movie a lot. I did too. I, I think, I think I do prefer of the Spike Lee movies, the three I've seen. I think it's my least favorite. But that's not. I mean, but like, I'm, it's I against might Black like Klansman. It more than Black Klansman. What? Is that? I might like it more than Black Klansman. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much this would hold up upon rewatching it for me because a lot of the impact was just kind of certain turns in the story that I don't really want to say anything about because I true. want you to just kind of take this movie as it comes because I think the structure is very interesting and unexpected mm-hmm. and it doesn't at least because I was kind of keeping track of the, the act structure the three act structure in my head and it kind of just blows that out the window yeah it does <laughs> uh, yeah it uh quite literally oh my gosh this this movie takes some turns and i i mean i was fully expecting especially since it's i mean it's not too i, I i'll say they get to like the their destination less than halfway through the movie i won't say what happens after that but like yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to really talk about it. Let's no, just let's yeah. save that film. Um, just yeah, things, things. Uh, it's an interesting watch, and it's one of those movies that you just kind of go with the flow. <laughs> yeah, and it, it goes places, uh, kind of similar to a uh, parasite, and a to a lesser extent, I think. Yeah, 
Um, I the acting in this movie is so good. It's excellent. It's so good. And I mean, I think the standout performance that everyone agrees on is Delroy Lindo mm-hmm. as Paul. Yep. And I mean, we'll get into a lot of it in spoilers, but this is a guy is a Vietnam vet who is just like has the worst like su- is suffering from PTSD, essentially. And it's just brutal. They they all are to a certain yeah. extent, but he is to the, the highest degree. Yeah. And, and I mean, the reasons for that are made clearer in the movie, but like it, it is just obviously I can't know what PTSD is like because I, I have never experienced it or anything. But I, for me, seems like such a realistic approach to it. And it's just so devastating because I think like it's pretty easy to trivialize PTSD as like one thing. And I think a lot of movies do that and not maybe not necessarily in a in a, to necessarily be disrespectful not to crap on other movies or anything but i like this movie is just that's so important to it and i think it does it in such a grounded way too yeah it it kind of it doesn't just it's not so over dramatic Mm -hmm. and yeah and he kind of he tries to bury it oh yeah deep inside himself and it's um yeah well i mean watching it come out and stuff is just oh my gosh it's It's, very powerful oh yeah and Um, i if there's if there is any justice in this world he will be nominated for best actor like he has to if he's not it was a a great performance i definitely agree um everyone else was i i I think this is a movie that could be um up there for a best uh original screenplay too Mm mm-hmm yeah, um, which I mean is the award Spike Lee won for Black Klansman, and he's been nominated for in the past as well. Yeah, so, but yeah, uh, I definitely, me. I definitely see this as see that as a, a category that this film could um, be up for in April, of course. All, um, all the other actors are very good. I like all the characters quite a bit. They're all different in their own way, and they're all kind of dealing with PTSD uh, to a lesser extent than Paul, but they're all dealing with it in their own way. They all have their own troubles, and those are kind of revealed throughout. Um, I was, and maybe this is just because he was the first one introduced, but I thought Melvin was going to be the main character. Yeah, <laughs> but he's I not mean, I really. guess I didn't. I guess I didn't see any of them at the beginning as the main character. I just kind of saw them as the group. Oh, sure. So, but I think, yeah, they're all very good. I mean, even Chadwick Boseman is good in the flashback scenes. Um, and all the other people too. I love Vin. I love that he's he's just such a nice guy, and he's he's very helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guide. That's the guide. Yeah, the yeah. guide. Yeah, especially with all the chaos and everything that's around them, and just and not great things. He's just this nice rock. Um, yeah. Um, I want to touch upon some of the creative filmmaking decisions mm-hmm. about this movie, specifically in terms of the aspect ratios. Oh, yeah. This film is shot in three different aspect ratios, um, which is, to describe it, it's kind of, it's what the, what sort of rectangle the the image comes I out as. I think people as. know what the aspect ratio is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, so the old television was four by three. It's kind of more square. Mm-hmm. Modern television is 16 by nine, the rectangle. And then most cinema is two three five two point three five by one which is the widescreen mm-hmm. so um this film all the 
all the memories of Chadwick Boseman's character, Storm and Norman, the squad leader, those are all four by three. Yeah. I believe they're four by three and they're in taking place in Vietnam. Then kind of the the prologue to this journey is shot in two point three five by one. And I guess as well as the aftermath, I believe. I don't remember actually. And then the journey itself is shot in the the kind of the in between sixteen by nine and it maybe even IMAX. I don't know. I didn't Okay. I couldn't tell if it was IMAX or just normal sixteen by nine. It the and that I mean that could be since that's kind of like the in between, that could be seen as like, oh, they're kind of back where they were. I mean they've they've somewhat moved on but not entirely i think that could be but i think yeah and it and i mean it's it's just interesting that it's kind of categorized like yeah that too. if any of you have watched 13 reasons why season three that's what they do in that season too <laughs> <laughs> but to a much less successful extent um yeah in the old-timey footage um the like flashbacks i thought was interesting was that they used the same actors as um they, i did too yeah and they didn't kind of de-age them either no like they just kind of didn't do any close-ups yeah other than chadwick boseman and i think uh i mean first of all i think that's in- i think it's interesting how they kind of shot they shot it kind of like old-time war movie kind of thing both with they the did. color it, filter and just how the shots were the action in this movie is at least in those scenes is kind of underwhelming but like i would say deliberately yeah so and i didn't pick up on that right away i was like no this action isn't that good but then i thought about it i was like oh no this is what actually the images from vietnam looked like that journalists were capturing and it's not meant to be this slick stylish action it's not meant to be extraction (laughs) Mm -hmm. spike is not trying to recreate that in in these scenes um but at the same time it kind of, it doesn't feel, it feels like those scenes were maybe extended a little longer than they needed to be. Sure. If he wasn't going to do something more exciting with it, other than just kind of shots of people shooting guns and taking cover. You know what I'm saying? It's just like the the music seemed like it was going to be kind of maybe more Saving Private Ryan Mm -hmm. than kind of this grounded journalistic approach. Um. I thought using the same actors in the past, I think also just shows how they're still stuck in the past. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Holden. Yeah. Good. You like that. I'm that not insightful. <laughs> I'm really bad at <laughs> thinking insightfully for these, but I, that's something I thought about. Um, of course, it's not a Spike Lee movie without someone speaking directly to the camera at times. Mm-hmm. So if you don't, you will not be let down if you like that. <laughs> If that's um, what you're looking for in this film, you will not be disappointed. I thought, I don't know if this is, uh, I don't know exactly what the meaning was behind this or if this was just, I'm looking too far into it, but I the subtitles had a, a titular capitalization as in it wasn't just like, like prose English where you just capitalize the first sentence or first word of the sentence. Like every word was capitalized like oh, a title would be. I didn't notice be. that. I would have been watching it subtitles yeah i i don't know if that had a certain significance to it but um i just thought that was interesting i don't know if that was just a stylistic choice or or there was actually a deeper meaning to that i just wanted to bring it up 
as an observation. Nice. Um, I think. What else? Thematically, I saw this in addition to like dealing with that that trauma. I saw this as uh, some of the the ideas, the motifs were like love, brotherhood, redemption, and restoration. Yeah. I, I thought were some of some of, of the uh, themes that uh, came about through the through this movie. I actually got emotional at the end. I teared up at the end. I don't know exactly why, um, because it's not. I don't think it's the necessary like prototypical like cry ending. But I don't. I teared I, up at a different point in the movie that I think is okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an emotional roller coaster, I definitely think. I don't think it's bad. You don't um, think it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. They should um, put that on the, the Blu-ray cover. Yep. I don't, I don't think, think it's bad. bad. <laughs> um uh the music is pretty good. Um yeah. it's so uh, I mean they have an original score that's oh crap, who's it done by? It's a longtime collaborator of his, and I can't. I'm gonna look it up right now. But um, it then they have a lot of like Marvin Gaye music, which I thought was interesting because like it's it's a Vietnam movie, um, and like old Vietnam movies that you think of, um, a lot of them have scores by like or have like songs featured like Bob Dylan or uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, most famous of which like Proud Mary. I think Proud Mary is the one I'm thinking of. Uh, no, that's not the one I'm thinking of. I don't know. I'm stupid. But anyway, um, uh, it, it was kind of interesting because Marvin Gaye is an artist from around that time as well. But I mean, he's a black artist. So it was like something that just isn't featured in those movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I'm kind of kicking myself. Oh, the score is Terrence Blanchard. who's a He's a jazz trumpeter, I believe. Yeah. I'm kind of kicking myself because I feel like um, a movie I haven't seen, which I, I really need to see um, as kind of an essential film uh, is Apocalypse Now. Yeah, and I haven't seen I, that either. And I just, I imagine there are, a, I mean, there are, there is like a poster of it or something. I mean, there literally, quite literally is Apocalypse Now is yeah. <laughs> the, the, the poster or whatever, some sort of graphic is in it. But I'm I am sure there are um, comparisons or at least allusions to Apocalypse Now throughout this film that I would pick up on if I had seen the the movie. Yeah, so no, I'm, I need to I'm see kicking it myself for not being able to access that greater depth. Um, but Let's go on it's sp- it's hard to make a, a movie about Vietnam without having influ- being influenced by Apocalypse Now. Yeah, want to give our ratings, Jimmy? I think I want to say one more thing before we go on. And I think that I, I guess I'd never thought about, I thought about it the way, um, like, uh, Spike Lee brings up, like, uh, the black American soldiers really just drew the short end of the stick, uh, with the Vietnam war. I mean, they're way being way overrepresented, represented on the front lines of the military in this very unpopular war. Mm-hmm. That meanwhile in the United States, they like they're there to improve their rights, mm-hmm. and they're doing all these things they don't necessarily believe in. 
and their rights back home don't get it advanced. I mean, while they're there, Martin Luther King gets assassinated. Yeah. A whole bunch of civil unrest. And, and the, yeah, and then they come back and they're seen as baby killers, like as one of them said. Yeah. And just all that baggage and all that sacrifice and how just they just got completely screwed over and basically just put to the slaughter um <laughs> which i mean it's i had i guess i i feel like i knew that but i i don't think i'd ever fully realized how unfair that was and how unjust yeah. that was so i yeah. just wanted to bring that up too um as one of the things before we give our ratings yeah what's your rating jimmy i think i'm going to go 8 and a half out of 10 yeah i'll go with that too cuz i think I, Black Klansman for me is probably a nine out of ten, and I gave Do the Right Thing a nine and a half out of ten. So I mean, these are all great movies in my opinion, and, and my appreciation for Spike Lee has skyrocketed the last yeah. couple of weeks when we've done this. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. So I'm I'm definitely gonna look forward to anything new he makes, um, and I I need, really need to revisit some of his older works too. Yeah, I'll give an eight and a half out of ten as well. I there were a few. It's what Maybe. we should also mention. This movie's two hours and thirty five minutes long. Oh yeah, I think it does. I think it could have been two fifteen. Yeah, it feels a little easily. long, which is one of mine. I also, I thought I also might, think it maybe is a little overcrowded in terms of side characters. And I didn't think you necessarily needed all, all these other side storylines. I agree. There was particularly I, with one of the kind of uh, Tian. The character, I think her name was Tien. Oh, I didn't hate Tien. I didn't, I didn't hate it, but I don't think it was entirely necessary. I mean, it served a plot purpose, but I don't think you needed a whole thing to flesh that out. I didn't entirely. I think I could have used more, um, of the relationship between Norm and the rest of the crew in the past as well, because I mean, we definitely get the sense of their like relationship and their respect for their like fallen mate, uh, like friend. Um, but I just I feel like maybe seeing that more. I don't know. We got a little bit of it. We did get a little. And, and my my favorite scene of the film is actually one of those. Although there are a couple great scenes. Yeah. And also there's some Indiana Jones vibes in this. <laughs> I, I agree. I want to throw that in there, which is I did let's, not expect that <laughs> at all. Let's get. Let's get to spoilers. We're at yeah, an let's... hour and a half into the podcast. <laughs> All right. So, spoiler time. Um, yeah, so... I don't know. Where do you want to start? <laughs> Should we start at just the major shift? Or I guess, I don't know. Yeah, okay, so... I mean, the movie did go off the rails. I'm sure it's the same part that you're thinking of. Yeah. Just when, I'm, like, what's-his-name blew up. Yeah, I can't remember his name. The, um, the guy who's like, I am actually not rich. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, maybe I should maybe I should have seen that coming because his character arc was, like, happening at, like, right before that. Like, you were seeing kind of his... You were seeing how he had changed and how he was admitting his faults and coming to terms with that and stuff. But then he's just killed suddenly. And there's, 
I mean, there had been the, the group of people who, you know, went out and deactivated mines and stuff like that. And there's a few, uh, there's a few kind of Chekhov's guns in this movie. Yeah. Kind of like that, um, that I just, the, they were foreshadowed, but I wasn't expecting and no, so I mo- was. I did not see the landmine thing coming at all. No, I mean, it happened no. not a. And to be honest, I was kind of zoning out for a second when it happened too. Sure, it was like. And so it happened. You're just like. <laughs> I actually hit like the ten seconds back one. I'm like what? What? And I, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, it was kind of a uh, a uh, oh my gosh, a blood deaths moment. <laughs> <laughs> Watching the ending. Yeah. I was like no. whoa. It is, and then, if, and then with uh, David, right, is the son. Yeah, being on the landmine, that was also like really intense. Yeah, it was, and I thought that was interesting. Like, if that, I mean, I'm sure that probably works, but like the way they got him off the landmine, but that's just so, so wild. I don't know. I was really worried he was gonna die too. We were just gonna get off two characters off, on like this one scene. Yeah, that was, that was like, cause I was like, wait, where's the story going? Cause everything kind of fell into place. Yeah. Like I, when they found the bars, I thought like when they found the empty tub, I was like, oh, someone else had found it first and now they're all going to go. That's what I thought too. Have to deal. But then they just found the rest of it. But then like those Vietnamese people were there and I'm like, oh, well, that's where the conflict's coming in. But that still is a ways away. Yeah. At that point in the movie. And I actually thought, I thought it was the mine people. And maybe, I think that was definitely a red herring. Um, having those kind of people in the woods and then, uh, oh yeah. And then having the, the mine people show up late, uh, not too long after, but that's just, that's what I had thought because I guess I didn't really like, I didn't get a glimpse at them and I just saw kind of backpacks and guns and I guess I didn't know where the guns would be held on, um, on, those mine people because it didn't look like they had guns but that's what i thought um yeah liked the uh, i liked the return of uh a couple of black clansmen folks yeah i was gonna say i was gonna ask you if you catched up yeah uh, caught on that uh the french people were played by two of the lead kkk members (laughs) from black clansmen yeah, it's a good thing they they weren't just racist together in this movie. Yeah, I can't remember that the one guy's name who blows up again, back to back Spike Lee movies where he's blown up. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers for Black Clansman, I guess, but yeah, um, playing definitely very different characters. Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I I thought I liked I liked the movie a lot more. I think after that happened. After oh, that I did. Yeah, me too. Turn happened. I thought that's when all the interesting stuff started happening. Like that's when we really got like I Paul's agree. PTSD starting to really show there. With some really powerful performance stuff. Oh my god, when he goes off into the woods, like from the mo- I mean, he's good before that, but when he goes off onto his own, from like the moment he leaves the group, that's like just. He starts a plus just shouting, acting. shouting the Bible like a yeah. song. Yeah. And which, which, by the way, that's a good part. But like even his like little bits where he's just talking to himself or talking mm-hmm. to the camera rather. Or talking to Vietnam as a character. Yeah. Um, so, so good. I was eating that up. And then the, uh, m- the moment I cried out was him 
talking to Chadwick Boseman. Or I, I didn't cry. I teared up there too. Yeah. I guess I teared up twice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you wuss. God. <laughs> um that no, that was just such a such a good moment. I wasn't expecting it either. Like, I mean, obviously that makes sense why he was so traumatized because he mm-hmm. accidentally killed this person here. I had I figured that out kind of right when they showed his ghost. I was like, Oh, I bet it was a friendly fire situation. And oh, then okay. but I before that happened I didn't see it. So I mean the reveal was still as effective. Yeah. Um um, I kind of alluded to it earlier. I thought one of the most impactful scenes, one of my favorite scenes was them finding out Martin Luther King had been assassinated. Oh yeah. That's through, great. Uh, is it Hanoi Hannah is the character? Yeah. Whatever. Which is a real person. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So Hanoi Hannah actually a bit of a tangent here. Hanoi Hannah was like, she was this Vietnamese, uh, North Vietnamese propaganda propaganda person i don't know what you call them but she she would basically broadcast mostly talking to like the black troops of uh of america and trying to get them to join sides and i made some good arguments (laughs) yeah well and i don't most from what i understand i don't think she at least there's none recorded that she actually like turned or anything but everyone just thought she was so entertaining and like I don't remember where I heard it, but I think it was maybe in an interview or something recently where like people were surprised that like she didn't end up in Hollywood or anything like after the war had subsided because she's just so charismatic and just this like amazing like vocal presence. Yeah. Yeah. She was interesting. And and her announcing the death of Martin Luther King and then them being really angry about that and Storm and Norman's reaction. And yeah. I thought I was gave me chills when they shot their guns in the air and just were screaming. Yeah. And just the way they filmed that scene too, it was very, I don't know. Cause there's only, I, I believe it's that scene where there's only one shot of all five of them together. And it was just weird to is me. It, is it, and that's when the, with them shooting their guns. Yeah. They were all, yeah. I think that was it. And I it thought was it was interesting, interesting how kind of going back to, uh, um, do the right thing with the picture of MLK and uh, uh, Malcolm X. I thought it was interesting how they referred to Storm and Norman as both their yeah. Malcolm and their Martin. I noticed that too. Yeah. It just like I had that image of uh, what's his name posting the picture in the, the burnt up mm-hmm. pizzeria. I was surprised there wasn't as much stuff in the past. I was a little too. Like, but, I mean, um, I, I was, I really, was satisfied. Though. Yeah, me too. I mean, I guess I mentioned that I probably would have liked a little bit more of their relationship built. Maybe it didn't need it, but, um, yeah, I was surprised cause I figured it was going to be kind of like parallel, you know, I mean, you've seen that in other movies where you got the past and the present kind of working alongside each other. Um, but yeah, I mean, you really only have a handful of scenes that take place in the past. Chadwick Boseman, even though he's probably the most well-known actor in this film, at least in the modern day, he's not really in the movie too much. No, not really at all. But he's fantastic, though. Yeah, he's he on screen. Um, Man, let's see. I, anything? Uh, I do want to say, I think I didn't go back and check all these things, but I thought it was interesting. I believe it was every sort of like embrace, like a hug or like a handshake. 
it was edited where it kind of played double like it was like a oh i noticed that too i didn't make note of that yeah and i think it was like it kind of went into that the theme of love brotherhood redemption restoration that i that i pulled from this especially with the, the money being donated to all these these causes to rebuild um <laughs> and to grow I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of Spike Lee's sort of thing that we have to come to terms with this terrible, unfair, and unjust thing that happened. <laughs> what are you laughing at? What's up? Oh, I'm laughing. No, I'm not laughing at you. Keep going. I'm laughing at what I'm about to say. <laughs> oh. oh, and then um, and then make a better tomorrow. Like it's up to us to build the future. Instead of trying to just kind of scrape by for ourselves and try to just make it ourselves, we need to build a better future for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think All so. All right, hold on. Insert your comment now. Okay, it wasn't anything about that. I was just thinking about. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I mean, Spike Lee. I won't say this was intentional, but I thought it was funny. Uh, how the, at the end of the movie he has a large white rich man in a Make America Great Again hat trying to kill a bunch of black people. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say anything more than that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? I don't know. What else do you want to say about this movie? I feel like there's so much to to say, but like you said, we're running up against it here. Uh, yeah. Looking at my notes. I don't know. Um. Oh, there was there was one line. I don't know if you caught it because I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, it where the it was one of the Vietnamese guys when they're like kind of con- trying to steal the gold or whatever. Where he says, "We don't need no stinking official badges." <laughs> do you do you understand that reference? No. Okay. Uh, I think it's from the movie Red Dawn. It's like a famous movie quote now. If it's if it's not Red Dawn, I'm sorry. I don't, I've never actually seen the movie, but it's like it's a quote where this guy says, "Badgers, we don't or ba- is it badgers? I think it's badgers. We don't need no stinking badgers." Is the line? Yeah, I don't know. It's a famous movie quote at this point, but I'm probably butchering it and also getting it from the wrong movie. So Good take job, it with Holden. a hint of salt. Good job, Holden. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that's about it for me. Good yep, movie. Yeah, very good movie. Hopefully you I, watched it if you're listening I, to spoilers. Yeah, I uh, I wrote a brief letterboxed review that only the, all it said on it was, I was like, thank God, I was worried I was going to have to say Sonic the Hedgehog was my favorite movie of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. All right, Alden, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, folks, I got my dog here now. Oh, thank goodness. What the heck? You wanted to come in and listen to the podcast? I'm trying to sign on. Eh, whatever. Anyway, what am I doing this week, Jimmy? Um, Let's see. I watched Joker again. How was that? It's good. It's about as good as the first time, I think. I didn't really... I was worried I would like it less. 
I don't think I did, really. Nah. I mean, because I don't think I was really surprised necessarily by anything. Maybe if anyone listening goes back to the Joker <laughs> review, they'll disagree with that saying that. I don't remember being surprised necessarily by anything in the movie, so I don't think watching it again really hurt it. Yeah. It was just, we won't go into spoilers here. No. My dog was trying to eat banana bread while I, you were saying oh. that. <laughs> I a little plate of banana bread that I've been snacking Aww. on. And it was right at an accessible height for him. He <laughs> was like, ooh, that looks good. <laughs> Um, I'll give you some, Benny. I'll give him some. What else? Um, I've been playing Yakuza 0. That's very good. I beat Resident Evil 5 with my brother, and now I'm playing Resident Evil 6. Um, that's good. Um, been playing Star Wars Battlefront off and on. Uh, Do you have a favorite mode? I like... I haven't played them all yet. I hate Ewok Hunt. Have you played that? No. That one that's one of the most recent ones. I think that one's just annoying. I can't most believe it. recent, it's like a year and a half old. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, I it's so it's so annoying. I don't know. I like Galactic Conquest. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I think it's it's diverse in what you do. Galactic in it. Assault. Or is that what it's called? Well, it's yeah. the The one it, where you like progress through the me. Maybe that's it. I don't remember. Yeah, I think that's it. I like that one. That one might be my favorite out of the ones I've played. But yeah, I don't know. It's a good game so far, despite what people say. Actually, a lot of people like it. Who am I kidding? A lot of people like it now. A lot of people hate it at launch because of the microtransactions. Yeah. Loot boxes. I beat Boneworks on VR. I finally got back into VR because I realized I'm like, I have all this time and I'm not going to be able to play VR once I go back to school. So I should be doing it now. Um, I beat Boneworks and that game, if it ever comes to PSVR, it's so good. I like I got it a while ago when I first got the VR headset and I wasn't like totally sold on it right away. Um, But the farther I got into it, it's just very good. It's got it's heavily reliant on like realistic physics it's probably the most immersive vr game out there even more so than alex just because it has a lot more there's a lot of like climbing stuff and i don't know it's very in-depth um but it's very fun and i still i'm still playing it a little bit um but i don't think i've been watching more clone wars it's slowly getting better but that first season is quite a slog (laughs) Uh, I'd finally finished that first season. Thank you. I'm goodness. just watching the last four episodes, baby. <laughs> I, I people I've heard it gets good around three. So, and even season two right now, isn't too bad right now. It's about at the point where I'm like, I'm not hating it <laughs> at least. Well, that's good. Um, but yeah, um, watching a lot of South Park. Because it's getting taken off of Hulu in like 10 days. So I'm oh, <laughs> trying to watch it before it gets bad. put on HBO Max. Um, Yeah, I think that's pretty much it for me. Stuck at home, so I don't know. It's just a lot of sleeping and Beat Saber and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Get that Beat Saber bod going on. Oh, yeah. You what about you, the, Jimmy? What difficulty level are you playing these days? Uh, It's hard and expert. Harden expert. Yeah. Noob. <laughs> you play an expert plus? Yeah, pretty much. I hate I, I don't think I'm ever gonna get to that point. I'm not I don't have the patience for it. 
Um, so yeah, for me, platinumed Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Got that out of the way. Actually, didn't nice. take as long to get those final few trophies as I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, like my last trophy that I needed was to play the prologue of the game because I had done the free trial of it before I bought it. Oh, yeah. And so it apparently it didn't register that trophy. So you just needed to do, do that. So I just needed to like create a new game save okay. and do that, which is funny. I might be the only person in the world who had that. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> There's probably other people. Oh, now my dog's barking at me because he wants to leave. All right. One second, folks. I'm going to keep talking and uh, yeah. So Jimmy shouldn't cut this part out because I'm just talking nonsense right now. But uh, oh, hey, he's coming back. I see him on the Skype call. There he is. I was talking that whole time, Jimmy. You should just not cut it out. Benny's not getting any banana bread anymore if he's not (laughs) staying in the room. (laughs) He doesn't know what he's missing. Um, So I did that. Got that out of the way. Good riddance. I'm done. It's over. (laughs) It's finished. I did it. Couldn't be done forever now. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, then, oh gosh, what else did I do? I had a, a few that, that came to mind. I, I've i been playing Hitman, the mm-hmm. original reboot one. I had bought it a while ago. Of course, shortly before it was like the free game of the month on PS Plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Have you played the new Hitman games? I own it on PC, I think I got it as part of a humble bundle or something, but I haven't played it. They are. I really enjoy them. I like to do it pretty much without any of the hints or helpful guides or at all, or like very minimal ones. Um, because it's kind of like an escape room, but you're assassinating somebody and oh. <laughs> just like so many ways to do it. And I just like the levels are so big and just so open and creative that you really, there's so much like problem solving and critical thinking and you just feel really accomplished when you like it makes you feel like a hitman makes you feel <laughs> like a hitman welcome to the world of assassination <laughs> the full title of the game <laughs> um so that's an, i've that's been the playing IGN th- review yeah <laughs> <laughs> i played through a couple levels of that um but I can only take it so much at a time, though, because like an escape room, I wouldn't want to do that like every day for an hour. Sure. Um, so just every once in a while. And then, man, I feel like I did something else. Oh, I also played through the left beat. I finished The Last of Us remastered, replaying mm-hmm. it for the third time, replaying it for the second time, third playthrough. Uh, and then I played the left behind expansion dlc for only the second time so it'd been the first time in three years i had played that it was fantastic yeah just as good as the base game and forgot how great it was um yeah those reviews coming out jimmy oh yeah we didn't even talk about the last of us reviews man forgot to oh we can just say they're very good so yeah 96 on metacritic but i'm still gonna wait to buy it (laughs) yeah hopefully it doesn't get spoiled for you that's true. That's Hold true. him by this time next week. I'll probably have a solid like eight hours of that game alongst. Only eight hours? I figured you were going to like binge it over the I don't weekend. know. We'll see. I don't normally binge a game like that. I like to kind of savor it, but then I did binge like Jedi Fallen Order. So. <laughs> 
played that over like three days and haven't I was fully expecting you to be like most of the way done with the game by next week. I don't but know. I I we'll don't see. Know how, I don't know I, how long it's, it's supposed to be. It's it <laughs> it's gonna feel like Christmas morning because <laughs> it comes out about eleven. It comes out at eleven o'clock Central Standard Time here. Well, you need to make sure we watch you watch the stuff for next week before then. On Thursday, yeah, that's a good point. On Thursday night, but uh, I think I might. I don't remember what I did for Spider Man. I think I went to bed early, and <laughs> I mean, I went to bed and woke up early at like six to play it. So I might do that again. Christmas morning, Holden. That's what it's going to feel like. That would have been me with Half-Life Alex if I had the VR headset at the time it was released. But, well, you got to play it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that is it for me for what, am I, for what I am doing, Holden. Let's, for goodness sakes, wrap this up <laughs> so we don't go for two hours. All right. Holden, before we get into... Are what we're doing next week. I do have to say one more thing. I know thing. we just said we're wrapping it up. but <laughs> I know we said we're wrapping up, but I just got to say this. I'm really enjoy, enjoying season three of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Holden, I definitely like it more than season two. I don't know if I like it better than season one yet, but it's it's very close. I'm really liking it. And uh, primarily because my man, Carrie Elwes, is in it. Nobody <laughs> yeah, told me right. Carrie Elwes was going to be in Stranger Things. <laughs> I forgot about that. He is a scene stealer. I love it. <laughs> I just smile every time he's on screen because he's just playing Dr. Lawrence from Saw. And then he gets like handcuffed to something at some point, And I'm like, yes, yes, I love it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, bloody. He's like, get me out of here. Let me go. Do you have a favorite character right now, Jimmy? I mean, I'd still probably L. Okay. I like I like a lot of the characters, but I do think um my biggest critique of season three right now is that um Mike and Hopper seem overly just um confrontational and Yeah, that's that's a lot of people's problem. And just like, like seemed like just overly argumentative just yeah. for the sake of having conflict. Yeah, I agree with that. Although I still love, I still love Hopper. Yeah, I still like them too. I, uh, I, I know it's gonna end well for the them and their character arcs. So I'm a, I'm a Steve Harrington guy. I really do like Steve too. (laughs) He's he has some of the best growth, especially in the first season. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't just make him a cliche character. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Uh, yeah, hold him. What are we doing next week? Okay, next week. So, guys, first of all, we need recommendations because we're on our last one. So you need yeah, to send it to Holden us. And Holden keeps insisting that we do two movies a week for some reason. Yeah. Instead of just doing one a week and then we'd have plenty of listener requests left. <laughs> <laughs> so really, this is Holden's fault. It's but we're going to blame fault. you, the listener. So if <laughs> come, you guys, if you don't send in a listener request, then the next week or in two weeks from now, we're going to have to do Artemis Fowl. And Jimmy doesn't want that. <laughs> no. <laughs> although if you request artemis foul then that's there we go um anyway uh so we're gonna be doing it against me i guess (laughs) we're gonna be doing uh the yacht rock mini series it's a web series that i believe is it's only a few episodes long and i don't think it's i maybe it'll come out and it's longer than i think i haven't checked into it too much but it's kind of this uh music based kind i think it's a fake documentary is what it is um but it's very interesting that's going to be our listener request kind of excited to look into that 
Um, and then assuming we still, I mean, assuming it's not too long, we'll go into um, another movie, which we haven't decided. So that'll be a surprise. And we'll probably talk more in depth about Stranger Things. So it'll be any combination of those things. <laughs> maybe all three, maybe not. Um, it'll be at least the Yacht Rock web series at, and Stranger Things. That. Yes. Um, season three. Yeah. Well, everything that's out. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Even though we have seen exclusive footage of season four, yeah, only yeah. that Holden and I have seen. Yes. Um, so we'll <laughs> be doing that a couple of little series for next week. So get excited for that. Sorry for this really long episode, but it was necessary. And don't complain about no random segment this week because I specifically didn't make one because I knew this would be a super long yeah. episode. Yeah, for those of you that skipped the uh, skipped the game stuff, I apologize. But anyway, um, I yeah, <laughs> adios pantalones. No, we gotta plug the the Facebook. Do the Facebook, the Patreon, if you want. We'll include those donation links again. Uh, donate to those. Uh, uh, if if you want, if you would, well, we're asking that you donate to some of those links instead of our Patreon for the month of June, if you feel so inclined. I'm so please, threatening. Yeah, if you don't, I'll kill you. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy is threatening you. Um, I'll so those are for the, those are links related to like Black Lives Matter movements and every all the uh, protests happening around towns. Uh, so donate to those. Um, I think that's it. Recommend stuff, please, please do it. Um, yeah. Now do your thing, Jimmy. Adios, pantalones. Love you. That's nightly news for this Wednesday night. I'm Tom Brokaw, and I'll see you along the way.